Welcome back to 3MFAers. Uh, I'm Caleb John Cushing, and I'm here with my friends Josh and Brandon. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. You know, and just, you know, for the people at home who might not know, uh, there's a big news item this week. Uh, there was an election in America, and it's definitely still, still early, uh, and no one's called it yet. But I, I got to say, things are not looking good for Kanye West. <laughs> No, I, I don't. Uh, think I, don't I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't. So I don't want to pull you off that. But do any of you guys watch Kanye on Joe Rogan or any of the clips of it? No. <laughs> Why is he insane? No, he was. That's the problem. Is there's clips of him talking about things, and he like at times is just weirdly not insane. Mm. Oh, really? Like, makes sense. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> like, what did he say that that you felt made sense? Well, see, here's the thing. Like, I watched a clip of him talking about the Star Wars movies, and he made a very good case oh, well, for why the prequel three. No, but I'm just saying. I saw what I'm talking about. Either. I'm just saying he was putting his words together very well. He sounded very calm, very intelligent. He sounded like like he was doing great. Being a dick about it. He sounded like he was on his meds. You know what I mean? Wow, that sure. is abnormal. I mean, he got ten thousand votes in Kentucky, and that was more than I thought anybody would get. But well, you so you, apparently you can run as for president in some states and vice president in others he was doing that so oh my god <laughs> the the rules are you're supposed to like announce your run by a certain <laughs> point in time yeah and he didn't do that he like didn't make the cutoff for a bunch of states um but i guess he ended up on the ballots of some other states and people who are very disillusioned with the process <laughs> decided it would be a funny joke and it is kind of funny <laughs> Like if I step back far enough, it's like, yeah, this is like, this is funny. But then I look at all these states and how it's literally coming from like 3000 votes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that really actually probably could have been useful. Yeah. Other way. I don't know. It's fucking crazy. It's, and we, we it's, just yeah, it's talked before. Uh, it's, We're not going to yeah. spend too much time talking about it. But no. uh, as of this recording, there is no definitive winner, but things look good for the Democrats. And so we'll see what the fuck happens. Yeah, I think we're going to see like a big fallout with like what what number 45 is going to do. He's already like crazy speeches and people have already defended him for whatever reason. And it's we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think it would be hilarious if uh, Twitter just banned his account in the middle of all this. Yeah, I think that'd be the power move. But what else has been going on with you guys? Uh, honestly, uh, Caleb and I, um, which is funny cause you asked how I'm doing and I interjected with Caleb and I, uh, really exciting. I, um, we, we got together yesterday and we figured out this sounds going to be sound really silly for those that normally make movies and films and whatever <laughs> on their phones and who have talent like that. But we sat for a couple hours in my apartment with different kind of mics and stuff and the phone and the tripod and just kind of worked on like capturing footage and audio. And then like the technique of like, you know, putting up to the drive, then onto audacity for the audio. And then I, I did, I downloaded iMovie uh, for the windows. And so I was like editing things together. And so I, I did that. And like, at the end of the day, I'm like super stoked to like actually create. And yeah. it's a lot, it's easier than I thought it would be because I would sit for a long time because Caleb's brought a couple of shorts like, hey, we should do this. It'd be fun. And we're going to. But a lot of my hesitation comes from the fact that I've a never done it and b 
the, just the, the sheer technical aspect of filming a shooting like a like a film even if it's like on your iphone 11 or whatever like how just how to do that and we sat down took the time to to figure it out and i and it i was inspired i was ready to go so well and and i think like you know from my own experience as well the most exciting thing is the amount of learning you do in that small amount of time right when you're focused on figuring it out with these specific things the amount that you put together and that inspiration and creativity starts to flow so fast. Like, oh wait, I can do this. Oh, that means I can do this. Yeah. You know, it, it just it rolls, and, and you start seeing it all. Right? It's it's so cool. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. No. Um. Definitely exciting to get to work on on some cool stuff. We, you know, we have like a lot of people in our network from like grad school who are starting to really get excited about collaborating, and people are. I don't know. It's just, it's just fun. It's cool. And uh, yeah, we were sitting down and figuring out like how to just do the most basic technical stuff. And then we were watching, you know, some theory videos on YouTube that were really inspiring, you know, shout out Captain Christian, shout out every frame of painting, just like really like, it's like, Oh, this is like how to think creatively about the technicals too. Like, it's not just about the story, you know, it's about like the, visual storytelling in the medium. Yeah. So it's, it was just a really, a really uh, great day <laughs> uh, <laughs> despite everything happening <laughs> in the world. <laughs> An, a nice uh, break. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I, I just had an experience like that where like, as, as you like when, you know, as you guys know as well, like when you're acting in something, you have to trust the technical sides of it. Right. And hope for the best, but you never really know. And I just watched, you know, a rough cut for a thing today, um, written by you. <laughs> um, oh, that, I haven't heard yet. I didn't. Well, that's because of other. I'm, yeah. Anyways, the technical. It's like, and this was just like a rough cut and shit. But I was just like, when you get to finally see something where the technical is better than you could have imagined, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like you're in it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wh- oh okay. Well, the, uh, this is crazy. <laughs> You know, it's, uh, yeah. So it's like the first time that's ever kind of felt like it lined up yeah. in that, in such a cool way. So it's cool. I've, I've, I've been impressed with, you know, when you, you books, you book a little project or like for me, it's like the web series or whatever. And you finally get that footage back <laughs> and you, and you don't look bad and you're sitting there going, okay, cool. Like I'm not complete shit. Awesome. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I give a, can we get a hard cut here just for one second? Yeah. Like in the, okay, cool. Josh, so just cut here. Sorry, we just had to cut. Um, I, I accidentally said a racial slur. <laughs> All right, no. It's okay, though. It was just about white people. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, no. It was it was fully against white people. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I'm, you know what? No, we're going to start over. <laughs> that was a dumb. He called me a, called me a Ritz. I, I called Brandon a filthy fucking Canuck. Wow. And so we, ah, <laughs> and so we had to that's cut. That's not, don't do that. It's also like, okay, it's that's supposed to be like a slur, right? Is it? There's I thought it was a joke. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, I guess it kind of is, or it, but it can't be because it's literally one of the hockey teams or the Vancouver Canucks. That's, yeah, that's like if so you like, called us Yankees. It's like, no, okay. Like, yeah. I know it's supposed to be. Uh, you know what it's like? Yeah, it'd be like the Yankees are like get, putting a real hard, hard, like, turn on like being like you goddamn Patriots. Well, yeah. Something like that, no, but you know? like there's also the Washington Redskins right now. 
as a fo- as a football no, team. No, there's not. No, there's not, Josh, and you know this. I know they're, they're changing Washington they're, Football Club. Yeah, I know. They, is that real? They're, they're, they're changing it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, they're in the process. Dude, of, in the, like, that is so rebranding. Funny that they didn't. They couldn't come up with any a name, so they said the Washington yeah. Football Club. And like their their jerseys and helmets and everything, like it just says like Washington Football Team. Is I don't know if it's football team or football club, but I. It's just it's I like it. I think they, they call it Washington. Yeah, they're, they're doing like it. an Alabama type of yeah. thing. I think that's very yeah. That's, that's like a very postmodern like branding idea. Well, but also Josh is right. It's it's also like a very accepted thing already because so many of the colleges are just that, right? Well, no. Uh, like when the, I when I when I say Alabama, I mean like with like just the red helmet and maybe the number and things like that, like the design of yeah. their stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, good for them for finally fucking like. Jesus, that's so slow. South Park did this episode three years ago. Like, that's how slow this is. Well, it's just so funny because, like, you grow up not realizing that it's offensive because it's like, oh, that's just the name of the team. Yeah. And then you meet people that are like, well, this is why it actually is really bad. And for my culture, and I would prefer it. And and it should be as simple as like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I didn't know that personally. That makes a lot of sense. We should probably change it. But then you get people that are like, it's football and it's fucking <laughs> sacred. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's insane. Well, and then also there's like the other different sides of it where I, when I saw this, I was like, well, how come we're not changing the Chicago Blackhawks? Isn't that? And then when I looked it up, it was like, no, like bl- there, it's a, that's a person that they named it after. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not, you know what I and mean? He was it's really like, good at hockey. So it <laughs> well now it feels stupid, <laughs> but also apparently like they give a bunch of money back to like the yeah whichever yeah, yeah. no there's know, a reason that they're not in the news and, <laughs> right exactly it's, it's it's a positive thing it's not a negative thing you know when are but, we like, going to talk Redskins? about the disgusting Jesus. the disgusting display of the Philadelphia fanatic uh, it is offensive <laughs> to me and my people and <laughs> no I don't know. Hey, come on, MLB. How come I got to say fanatic the whole time? You know, it's just a, it's a fanatic, but I'm saying fanatic the whole time because I'm worried about getting sued by the MLB. We must change the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody in Boston. I don't know. The Boston Knickerbockers. I, I know, grew man. up in... Uh, that's so funny that you say that because I grew up in... Uh, out by Kinderhook, New York, which is like old Knickerbocker, like where that comes from. So it's just funny wow. that you said that. Look at um, that. Finding, um, yeah, sorry. The bits are no, all over the place. None of us have gotten any sleep. We're all. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a crazy few days. Yeah. Been a crazy few days for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I'm moving. So that's dope, but been a lot of paperwork and that shit. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have the, yeah. does Toronto have the guarantor bullshit that New York city does? Like, do you have yeah, to make been, like uh, eighty times or forty times the rent or some yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a it's been a nightmare. Uh, it is. That's why this has been like every week I come on the podcast. And I'm like, all right, guys, get ready to move. Uh, you know, should have a place. <laughs> but I finally signed for a place, and it turned out to be the best possible of all the places. And can't wait. So, I'm gonna be good. That's awesome. That's good. Congrats, Thanks, man. I I, I don't know. I I really can't tell you what I'll be. What it'll be like six months from now, me when when I'm trying to like find a new place because I don't know what's going on. But at least we'll I feel like in New time. York, there's there's more places, right? And a lot of people have left. Like I imagine, I mean, that's one of the things about the place I found is the prices are so much lower. Yeah, no, right it, it's definitely the median the pandemic, is definitely you know? much lower than it has been yeah. for like decades, but or at least for the last ten years. No, but the, the issue, the wild. issue is like my own personal income and like saving money mm-hmm. yeah. to like move. <laughs> the prices have gone down, but like 
<laughs> landlords still expect you to have a job. So <laughs> where, where are you guys at with like the, the bar system and stuff there? Uh, We're, is it look like it's going to shut down again at any time soon? I uh, haven't gotten any good? words or texts or anything like that. Um, so I'm, I'm keeping on, keeping on, you know, I, I'm covering good. a bunch of shifts. So the paychecks are good. So um, hopefully the tip money keeps, hopefully, yeah. you know, with this, the outcome of this election, is favorable so hopefully people kind of be in a better mood and like start coming out more and things like that although during this whole thing we did have our highest uh new cases um in of covid I, so like 100 120,000 like it's fucking ridiculous um and who knows what's going to be like when this episode comes out you know in a week but i just we have to get that under control before the bar gets well, like it's just it's just we have to focus you yeah, know and you mean just ignoring the pandemic doesn't make it go away <laughs> but it's 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 crazy because exactly. like when you look at the difference in attitudes towards it we have uh we're around like a thousand cases on just under just over a thousand cases a day in ontario and people are freaking right because that's the highest cases we've had and mm-hmm. like every state <laughs> in the states is 10 times that i mean also to be fair there's like assumedly a lot more people in all the states but ontario is i mean pretty populated toronto is a city of 8 million people 10 million people whatever i don't know but i just it's just the perception is so different you know yeah uh yeah it's crazy japan is one of the most populous like countries in asia they're like a very modern country um they never had to go full shutdown they have very, very few cases because everybody wears masks anyway yeah. when they're not feeling well. Even if they're not feeling well and they have to get on the subway, they wear a mask. It's that simple. And yes, there like is more people in America, but like a lot of this could have been stopped if people were just I don't know. It's depressing. Cause even in even in fucking New York, I walk around and people aren't wearing masks. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like I don't know. I hope that it all gets figured out. You know, I hope your bar yeah. gets open. At full capacity, and I hope we all yeah. get to move on with our fucking lives. Um, yeah, and actually start planning. And actually, start planning for the future. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, but we're all good here. So, Brandon, have yes. you uh, this? Because this has been on a, like a big, a uh, big topic that Caleb and I have been talking about. Have you finished Boys season two? No, no, I'm currently watching through the <laughs> Boys season one again with my girlfriend and. What? You can't. What? You can't. TMZ. No, 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 no. <laughs> Brandon's right. dating somebody. Who's who is All right. she? Hold What's on a second. On? You don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but I think that that was a very <laughs> uncool way of just trying to casually drop that information. Like I, I, we wouldn't. You know? Like we wouldn't jump right on that. Uh, or maybe yeah, that's hey, what you hey, wanted, you fucking diva. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, she's great. I don't want to divulge too much information, but her name is Michelle. She's fantastic. Uh, she's a musical theater actress and film actress and all that. And yeah, she just mo- she just moved great. to Canada. Her name's Ivanka. Uh, she's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> she <laughs> so I didn't she won't talk guys, about her dad very much. <laughs> but the last couple of weeks, I've been filming the show 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> oh my god, I would love it. <laughs> no, you'd, be so, you'd be so no, much fun to watch this. on 90 we, Day Fiance. No, no I, 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 we talked about this. I've been like, I've been offered like some of those reality shows before, like mm-hmm. especially like the you know more. Um, you know, like the Love Island type ones. And I'm the worst possible candidate for that stuff. And you know that. I mean, you guys are my friends. You it would not that. be good so, for you. No, but it would be very entertaining. Yeah. 
But for which me, is what I it'd meant. be terrible. No, no, no. Yeah, it would be awful. But like, it, I, I would watch it. <laughs> it's like you guys both know exactly how that would go. Yeah. Um, this is so <laughs> not related at all, and we'll move on. But you just reminded me. Did you ever watch MTV's Undateable? Yeah. Which one was that? Uh, I like, definitely did. It's like a blind date. Like you have the guy or the girl, and then they meet three people randomly, and you can only ask like very basic. You only have like very basic information about them. It's it's like a very um, dumb idea for a show, but it lasted like a bunch of seasons. And the only reason I bring it up is because like I've never met anyone who's been on any of those shows like that, except one time uh, when I was in high school, like a, like a younger guy started teaching English. And then everybody was like, dude, it was on fucking uh, <laughs> and dateable. And they found like a clip of him, like totally oh, wow. just like embarrassing himself. And then he stopped teaching there because the kids just didn't respect him because he was on That's undateable. I mean, oh my and God. it was like one of the worst fucking. Um, do you remember? Um, do you remember next? The one with the bus? No, I'm sorry. That's the one I was, was thinking it, was of. It's MTV's yes. next, not undateable. I, thought, I don't I know why it I was because I thought I thought we had talked about this. It was. It was. Um, this. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was MTV's next, not yeah. not undateable. I'm sorry. That yeah. was the right name. Yeah. No, it was next fully. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Um, that's that's and that's that was funny. the that was the worst one because people would walk off the bus and they'd just be like next and you're like oh no <laughs> well, that, no that's, that's the whole so thing is like that was yeah it was like essentially you know like I do uh, remember that show that was the thing it was like next. Brandon, are you happy? I am. I am happier than I ever remember being. Good. So, good. Yeah. But then finish my season two. Even happier than when you were working on my show. Wow. Uh, no, that was pretty dope time. But it's different because uh, I don't know if you remember, but that was a pretty stressful time for all of us. That was uh, like very much a joke. And <laughs> I'm sorry if that wasn't clear. Um, um, that that being said, though. Uh, I do have to read a script at some point soon, which I'm excited about. So, yeah, a couple of them. You've had one for a while. What? <laughs> which one? What's happening? What the, did the I feature, miss? The feature. Caleb's it's been feature. like two months. Oh yeah. Well, no, I've read most of that. We just haven't talked about it. <laughs> well, because yeah, okay, you haven't let me know. Yeah. Let me know all when right, you well, read all of it. All right. Yeah, I gotta finish it, and then and then yeah, I will. Pennywise I will comes call. at the end. Shit. Sorry. What'd you say? What did you fucking say to me? Josh, I said, now I piece said, of shit. I said you know because Pennywise be, comes in at the end. I'm going to be upset now because Pennywise doesn't come in. Or does he? I don't know with you, man. I don't know with you. He could. <laughs> it's it's the Pennywise origin story. I got drafted by Bro. I got uh, drafted yeah. by Sony or Fox. I don't know who, who, who makes does, yeah, who, who makes it. Does it. But they were like, uh, we don't have any ideas. We really need no We really need an origin story for this demented space clown. We find that people really uh, respond well to the origin story, uh, so we heard- and we don't want to pay anyone a significant amount of money for this. <laughs> so, would you write this uh, prequel to uh, it? <laughs> That's how I'm oh, going to break man. in, boys. Look, there you go. we we. We heard your podcast about the Dark Tower, and we heard how you feel about it. So, we'd like you to take a run at the Pennywise prequel, okay? We think you're the perfect candidate as someone who has open disdain for our films. <laughs> um. It's wild though, because Stephen King films, as we saw in our Stephen King three film thing, is such a wild range of films. Well, because he does something that I actually think is really cool. Anybody who asks can get the rights to his stories very cheaply. Like he makes it very easy to make mm films from his works because he believes in B 
being creative in the creative process and he wants to make it easy for artists to make art. So I think that that is an actually like really beautiful gesture on his mm-hmm. part. But what it means is that pretty much any asshole can make a movie from his stuff. And that's why most of them are atrocious and yeah. just not very good. Like there are so many 90s and 80s movies adapted yeah. from his stuff that are so bad. For every like Shining and Stand By Me and Shawshank, there's like a million Tommyknockers or like, you know, say, uh, The Stand or whatever. Just this horrible shit. Which, well, wait, wait, wait. Just because uh, Ryan and I just watched this on Shudder, Salem's Lot. Yeah. Is that Stephen King? Yeah. Is yeah. that one of the, the duds? Which, was it good? Which I one? haven't seen the, the TV Josh series. Like the, the old one or the new one? The new one's bad. The old one from, it was like three hours long. It has like, remember like back uh, what we do in the shadows, like the old creature <laughs> vampire? That's yeah. like the vampire yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, um, I forget who it has in it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely from like the 70s. Yeah. Salem's Lot yeah. is a fucking awesome book. Yeah. Like if you that's one of the few books that I've read that like scared me. I was like, oh, this shit's like terrifying. Oh, yeah, you get like why like he's so famous. There's a kid like floating. He's like, let me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like with the eyes yeah, yeah, glowing. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty creepy. Is that the sure. one where it's built on like a burial ground or some shit? That's or? pet pet cemetery. I feel like there's more than one there where there's a burial ground. You know ground. what? Okay. That's fair. There's probably more than one. But I think you're thinking of that's like the famous one where like they bury the kid and then he comes back to life. Right, right, right. And that, yeah, remake, th- that remake recently was good. Well, not I, great, oh, but it was pretty good. I, I didn't think so. I yeah, just like that. Good. I like that <laughs> I guy. I like I that guy. That, I saw that with our friend Max. and John like, Lithgow, right? There were like a couple times where he would turn to me and be like, mm-hmm. this is bad, right? And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, Max. <laughs> but it's fun to go to the movies. I miss going yeah, to the I movies. I miss some of these so much. <laughs> I, would love, I would love to go see something. It doesn't have to be oh. good. <laughs> I'll take anything at this point. Please. Tenet's coming to home in december cool and then mulan is going to be available in december uh, on disney plus bad idea that was by disney unspeakably bad idea i hope they made some money i'm sure they did regardless of what you think about like disney i know i'm pretty anti the whole remake thing in general i i I hope we can all agree it was a really bad look to film next to an active yeah concentration camp performing a genocide (laughs) <laughs> so that's, like num- that's, that's number yeah. one two uh then definitely don't try to charge people 30 bucks for something that they're already paying for you douches yeah in also, the middle of a global health crisis that has left millions of people un- 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 unemployed and yeah. yeah also like i'm not realizing that i literally just ended working for disney like last week so now i feel like a dick but whatever i didn't make those decisions as long as you haven't shown your tits, that's all that all that matters. You know that I often and try to show my tits. Like, she can't do any more Disney movies because broke of Brokeback Mountain. She right? doesn't get or naked something. in Mulan, does she? So what are you talking about? No, I'm talking no, no. About- what Josh is saying is if you show your if you if you do nudity, what he's saying is it seems like you can't do Disney movies. But I mean, think about like all the Marvel people and all the other stuff Disney owns now. Maybe it's different because it's Marvel, uh, but maybe, like Scarlett yeah. Johansson and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, that's yeah. the only reason she was cast. It's definitely a case by case basis. <laughs> yeah. Cause, well, cause you, you think that they were going to cast a not like attractive actress for black widow. <laughs> like that's what all I'm right, saying. Well said. Well said. Okay. 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 Well said. Well said. She's also fantastic. I went back and watched like Iron it was Man down 2 to again. the wire between Scarlett Johansson and Rachel Dratch, and uh, <laughs> we decided somehow for some reason to go with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> she just has the acting ability to play this character. 
<laughs> well, we were talking about this the other day, but still, like, <laughs> Jessica Chastain in that episode of Firefly, and I know she comes back, but I haven't got to it yet, is unfucking believable. Sometimes people confuse Jessica Chastain with Christina Hendricks. Yeah. And sometimes oh, those shit. people uh, do God it on damn her. it. Damn it. My bad. I meant Christina Hendricks. Uh, I, I, I get I it because they, they do look alike. Oh, shit. No, but so, I, even in my head, I wasn't like thinking about it as the same person. I, I yeah. was thinking Christina Hendricks. That's, that's on me. I apologize. Christina, we know you're listening. We know you tune in every week. We're very, very sorry. Uh, come and on also, the show sometime. Yeah, because you were great in Firefly, and I want to talk about it. Also, like, you know, a bunch of other stuff that you've done, but, you know, whatever. No, let's be honest. It's it's Firefly for our <laughs> demographic. Oh, it's so good. All right. We could, so good. we could do this for hours, but uh, I can look. Josh is looking very... I, I, here's the thing. So, <laughs> it's funny because... Those that listen to the podcast love, love the, I mean, we could talk for hours about anything, whatever. Um, but we do watch a movie every week and Caleb will introduce that. Allegedly. But it's funny because yeah. like, because it's been such a hectic, crazy week, you know what I mean? Like everything's just kind of thrown off. And I think when we mm-hmm. get together on these like recordings that it's just mm-hmm. like, we don't see each other, whatever. And it's just our time to kind of like disconnect from the reality and just like banter and so like i really enjoy it mm-hmm. <laughs> but, i'm glad you know because <laughs> your your face indicates otherwise well, I think <laughs> so I, that's the only reason i said anything no, no, josh just look. goes into director mode after a while and it's like all right let's herd some cats he, yeah well no, that's, like, no, that's exactly <laughs> what it is i look over and he's like patiently waiting for the bit to finish so that we right. can get into the next so i love you buddy <laughs> so it's true we did watch a film from 1994 Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Chungking Express. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had not seen this in many, many years. I really enjoyed revisiting it. I'm very, very curious. I've talked to Josh a little bit, but not too much. And I, I want to know what you guys thought of it. What, what it was like for you to watch to jump in. Duh. Sorry, I, I don't have a voice to jump in. <laughs> Brandon, you go. All right. Uh, um. So, I, uh, I have questions. Um, you know, obviously the, the plot is a little all over the place, but that just doesn't matter at all. Like I have questions out of interest, not mm-hmm. necessarily out of like any effect on the movie. You know, I, I, I keep finding that when we grab and go into a slice of life type movie like this, especially foreign ones, mm-hmm. it grabs me really hard. Uh, the way it was shot was beautiful. I mean, the tone of it, I have so many questions about the director and, I didn't look into it because I want to talk about it on here and I know that you already knew about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, you know, uh, obviously it's such a distinct style. I know this movie blew him up and made him a huge director there. Uh, and you can see why it's so mm-hmm. quirky. Um, if this was a changing pace for uh, Japanese cinema, you know, I, I would totally get that. Cause it's uh, just, from, I'm sorry, Hong Kong. Oh, sorry. Hong Kong cinema. Um, yeah. I just, I can't, I don't remember any movies that we've watched that had that same slice of life style mm-hmm. and was just so we're following these people. They're so natural. They're just living their lives. Um, I don't know. I just found it incredibly interesting. What happened to the first guy? <laughs> <laughs> so like, again, I have questions. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, I think what? that's interesting, uh, Brandon, because, my first watch was the exact 
same thing. And when I say first watch, my like my only full watch, because I did go back and I kind of sped through it a little bit before the podcast. And I, I, mm-hmm. I watched a couple of supplemental videos to kind of help bring me along um, academically with with what it is, because I did have the same exact questions as you. And I still mm-hmm. I still have some questions, but it makes a lot more sense. And we'll we'll definitely dissect it and talk about it and why the why's. Um, the funny thing with my f- watching it, and I told Caleb this, is that because it was when I watched it Wednesday afternoon, I had just got done getting maybe four hours of sleep because I stayed up until three thirty, four o'clock watching the election. <laughs> I uh, and then I woke up and kept watching the election, and I was like, I gotta watch this movie, so I'm gonna do it. And I was watching it, and I start because I was laying in the couch. I I started nodding off a little bit about forty five minutes in, and that's where the changeover is between storylines. <laughs> And so when I fully was awake again and like watching it and, and active, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Where, where the, where's the blonde, you know, the, the, the drug runner at? Where's, where's the first cop at? What is going on? I still enjoyed what I watched, but I was so confused. Um, yeah. But I did watch it, in the, on the criteria. Yes, go ahead. No, just, and also like that for, and not that the second guy isn't because I, I ended up liking him as much, but the first guy by that point, you're just like, this guy is so entertaining and interesting. I'd watch him all day. And then he's just gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny because <clears throat> we watched, like, so on the Criterion channel, uh, the, where we watched it, where it's available, um, there, there's the collection, right? So there, there's mm-hmm. a couple of interviews in, with a professor who, who virtually had the same exact reaction that we did when he saw it in late 1994. But then it's 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 that sitting with it and then going back and being like, oh, okay, so because it's riddled with motifs and different themes that keep repeating itself, and it definitely it allows you to relook at how you tell a narrative, like in like a full movie. Mm-hmm. We're so used to like these are our main characters and these are the subplots and things like that, and everything gets resolved and yay, happy. But this is definitely not that. So, or it is that just in a different like packaging. So, yeah. Is right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. That's that was my initial reaction, but yeah, and uh, and there was just so many interesting scenes that are, are so unique to it, like the scene of the second guy talking to all the things in his apartment and like mm-hmm. talking them down to make them less depressed was amazing, and like what a great thing to keep coming up. Just. Mm-hmm. Just little things. Okay, wait, but plot wise. All right. So, so I'm with Josh right now. The movie just switches halfway through. I'm not sure why, but I love it. It's good. But then, okay. So the stewardess that we keep seeing with the white dude, right? Mm -hmm. Is I'm assuming then the one who left the the second guy. You're talking about the waitress. Those are completely different characters. See, this is so confusing. Yeah. The, the flight attendant... <laughs> I'm was, trying to make connections. Well, so that the thing I feel like with this film that I think, you know, if you go into it looking for, like, the tangible connections in terms of, like, a character being in both stories mm. or, like, a, a, a forwardly propelled uh, narrative in the traditional sense, I think you're just going to end up getting, like, frustrated uh, because those aren't like the types of connections that uh, Wong Kar Wai is like trying to make. Okay. It's more like thematic. Like this is Got like it. what Got I it. call like a, a mood movie. You know what I mean? I'm not sitting down Definitely. to like get a traditional like act three act like Freytag pyramid structure. 
Mm-hmm. It's more about evoking senses of like loss and romance and connection and melancholy. Um, and, uh, and there's such a, uh, <laughs> fuck uh, words are escaping me. Uh, but there is a, um, Jesus fucking Christ. I can't think of the I, word. We're going to cut all this out. <laughs> this, I don't is, remember seeing Jesus in the movie, but if I miss that, that's going right, to be a big right. miss. All right, all right, all right, all right. There is an importance, which is not the word that I'm looking for, but there's an importance placed on this idea of like the universality in these experiences that the characters are having. Mm-hmm. And like we live in New York or like Toronto or like big cities, right? And like every single person that you pass by and on your, when you're walking or commuting has their own story. And sometimes right. you bump into somebody and then it's like, Oh, what is their whole narrative? Like what's their whole life? And you see that in the beginning where like uh, the first cop who Brandon, you were saying is like the young guy yeah. who it's crazy. Cause he was only 20 years old when he shot the movie. Really? And uh, he bumped, he, he bumps into the blonde, the woman in the blonde wig. And it's like, you know, then, then their lives become intertwined. And later he bumps into Faye at the midnight express. And now it's Mm. her story. You know what I mean? And like, so we're, we're completely passing over to now this new narrative that is dealing with a lot of the same themes because everybody has these experiences Mm -hmm. of like love and loss and like romance and connection. And so that's what I get out of it. It's less like, um, finding like the plot connections and more like, Oh, like what is he trying to say by having different characters go through similar things? You know? Well, that's, and that's what I meant before by being like, there's questions I have, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. And like I'm really said, glad like, that you said that. Cause it's, it's, like, it's, it's true. Cause it is that type of movie. Like it's just this conversation that I needed to have to be like, Oh, yeah. that's what it is. Great. Like yeah, if that's yeah. what it is. Fantastic. It's just knowing whether I'm supposed to be trying to find connections or not. You know what I mean? Of like, I mean like actual plot connections, not the mood connections or thematic connections, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, did, the second girl remind anybody of the girl from A Knight's Tale? I could not stop thinking that. The like the main girl, like the yeah, yeah. I I was I did not draw that connection. No, but that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't stop thinking that. <laughs> but we also don't have a Knight's Tale running through our brain or our veins. <laughs> that's true. Like that's true, Brandon yeah. does. So yeah, I, I close my eyes head. and all I hear is, "You can change your stars." All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, the, the connections I think are more thematic and, and also, um, like music plays a huge, a huge part, like as a repeating, repeating motifs, like what a difference a day makes, um, plays a huge role. And I think that song's beautiful. Obviously this song has eight different, uh, iterations (laughs) of, uh, California dreaming. It's it's fantastic. You know, the, the, the second Faye, the, the second, the woman in the second story, she is like more famous in in Hong Kong for being a pop singer, and so that's her mm. singing the uh, cover of the Cranberries' "Dreams." No that way! Like, that like plays throughout, um, and so it, yeah, it's just it's just this it's like the mood and the in the sense that it evokes when you're watching it, and like if you guys like didn't connect with it in that way, then that's like totally fine. But for me, I find it to be a very beautiful, a very like soothing. And, uh, and, and sometimes like a really funny movie. Cause like, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people, I mean, I can only speak for myself, I guess, but I've been like in situations of like heartbreak and unrequited mm-hmm. love and like 
the silly fucking things you do to like get through well, it, like buying pineapple cans. And, that was the, I mean, that was amazing. And he's, yeah. he's waiting for the last day of, uh, of them to expire. And he's arguing with the other, he's arguing with the guy who's selling <laughs> like, them. Being like, yeah. Yeah. It's being like, no, no, why don't would you, you not have get any, a, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you have any that are expiring today? He's like, no, I it's threw like, them out. Why would I fucking do that? You psychopath. <laughs> yeah. But he's a young guy, you know, and he's, and he's like lovesick and he's, and he's, it's you know, very romantic. like his, his password is love you for love a thousand, you for 10, 10, thousand years, years, which is yeah. such, you know, this idea of time, yeah. right. is such a huge, important thing. And, and I, and I, and I really love, so I guess the way to talk about it at first might be like, we'll do the first story and then the second story and then together i mean that's how i was yeah, thinking works, about it works, yeah. um so i love that the, yeah he's this young guy and he's you know obviously it's a different culture it's a different time so divorce the current idea of the police yeah. from our heads but he's a young cop and he's and he's just got dumped by his girlfriend and he's trying to buy these fuck he's like i'm gonna buy a can of pineapples every day until may 1st may 1st uh, is his birthday which is his birthday and also his girlfriend's name is may yeah so and then you know and then a parallel story is this woman in a blonde wig and sunglasses and a trench coat, who's like a drug smuggler is trying to get these fucking Indians to smuggle drugs. And then they get set up and then her white drug dealers trying to set her up. And so she's like running around through the criminal underworld and it's like kind of an action movie. But then you just cut to this guy who's like on the phone being like, can you please just call me back? You know, it's just such an interesting cross section of like, or she's asleep at the hotel and he's like, I watched two old movies and had four chef salads that night. You know, which is so funny because he, as he says that, at least in the, I don't know. Did you also watch the criterion channel, Brandon? Yeah. That edition of it. So like in that copy of it, that translation, he says four chef salads. He's, absolutely like going to town yeah, on a hamburger yeah, 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 100%. And it's, yeah and it's shoved into his mouth and it, yeah exactly as he's talking about the I just, wanna, I just want to quick go back just to just to clarify when we say indians india natives yeah yeah and the it, the only indians that exist right but just just to kind of like in case everyone's like oh wait native americans i don't know i'm just <laughs> sure i okay. wanted to like check that off real quick uh, um yeah, well, I think it's interesting, too, because um, so the movie's called Chunking Express, right? And it's two narratives. Uh, and it t- the title takes from the first half, Chunking. Uh, the first story is set in the Chunking Mansions, which is a very, like, crime-ridden neighborhood of Ooh. Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he set the story there because um, that's where he spent a lot of time growing up. But also, uh, you have, like, the cross-sections of mainland um, Chinese uh, Hong Kong uh japanese uh indian southeast asian like it's very multicultural hot pot like new york city is um and so that's sort of like how you get the cd like there's expatriates like there's the white guy who i think is american he might be british i can't really get a thing out of his accent yeah um but yeah i think it's a really cool place to set your movie well and then yeah and then there's also like with the you know, it, it usually happens, and we'll we'll get to the when we talk about both. But it usually happens at night in the first time, mm-hmm. uh, the first movie, and you know, there's like four or five different languages. There's there's Hindu, there's English, there's Cantonese, there's Mandarin, uh, Mandarin yeah. and probably some other ones I'm missing. But like, it's all there. Like, it's it's such a like a, a multi. It's like a the very diverse story mm-hmm. with the actors and the the, the, the environment. Because also, Hong Kong is a very mm-hmm diverse yeah you know uh, you know a, i've never been so i don't said well, technically he, a chinese city under british rule and you have all these immigrants come it's a very modern you know commerce mm-hmm. and cultural cross-section of a lot of a lot of different cultures yeah 
I want to say though too that like with the with the shooting style they do um the director I'm sorry I forget it Wong Kar Wai Wong uh he did this weird thing with like slow mo like slowing down the frame but also overlaying with the very fast sped up so like when you when start the movie shooting the guy yeah when in the beginning too yeah when, when he's like chasing yeah. it's like that so when yeah. when you set up an entire premise of like because it's the line happens twice where he brushes up against the other characters mm-hmm. and it says this is as close as we got 0.01 centimeters and in a month i'm gonna fall in love with her or even with Faye, he's like i never knew anything about this woman you yeah. know it sets up this premise premise what caleb was saying earlier is that everybody has their own lives living their own lives that and we'll like maybe bump into somebody and to us you know that's just like a stranger or whatever but who knows like maybe they come in you know come again to like are you run into them again or something it's just this weird kind of idea and another interesting thing about the first part is that every character is introduced in the first kind of bit because mm-hmm. um for instance and i didn't realize this i didn't put this together until i watched the subsequent like the, the supplemental video that came with the <laughs> chunking express the subsequent um, movie film subsequent movie film <laughs> uh, and you know, you see the flight attendant who is the fair, like coming out of the airport mm-hmm. at the beginning. You see Faye coming out with the Garfield doll mm, when yeah. the woman in the blonde wig is that. smoking outside of the Nintendo yeah. store or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so every and you also see Richard, which is funny because Richard's been mentioned by the the shop owner, like the deli owner, mm-hmm. the the Midnight Express owner, um, as like the guy who always like kind of he he's Richards is the guy that goes after the girl and asks him out on the date. And he's trying mm-hmm. to convince two, two, three of the first cop that, you know, he has to do what Richard does. You have, you have to go for it. Ask my, ask my cousin out or go on a date. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm waiting for my, you know, my true love or may or whatever. But, but it's introduced. And then that's, that's kind of that thing where you kind of get lost in the confusion. Cause you're, you're not familiar with the, the type of movie it is. And then when you actually go back and you lay all the pieces out, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, no, totally get it. You know, or that, that was a very yeah. clever way to, you know, sprinkle yeah, those, that stuff. It's like, in. Um, it feels like it's, uh, you know, like handing it off. It's like handing a baton off each each time, mm-hmm. going yeah. from character to character. I just, I found myself so entertained by that first kid. Just like for the, the scenes where he was just sitting around his apartment and stuff, or when he was like eating the pineapples and playing with the dog. It just, yeah. he was so natural, so relaxed, so just comfortable in being the character mm-hmm. and with how it was shot josh like you said like it was very engrossing and calming weirdly too so yeah he's got a he was very entertaining and he's very natural and and he has a couple of my favorite moments like i love when mm-hmm. he's on the phone trying to get a date and yeah. like it escalates <laughs> to the point where he's like yeah you don't remember me we had fourth grade together all right <laughs> see you later um but one of the in my opinion the best moment in the first part is when he approaches Bridget Lynn, uh, the woman in the, in the blonde wig. Mm-hmm. And he asks her if she likes pineapple in four <laughs> it, different languages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's so, it's so odd, but it's charming. And then like, they have their, not exactly like romance, but they have their, you know, moment and brief evening of connection. And, and I think it's really sweet. And he has no idea that this woman is like a drug smuggler. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways he's been chasing her. You know, and or the people she works with for you know his whole job, um, and it's his birthday, and yeah, I don't know, I th- I just think it's so fucking 
charming and sweet. I do find it it with that moment in the bar though. It's interesting that the only time that she uh, like answers him is when he. I think when he speaks Cantonese, uh, Mandarin, uh, uh, Mandarin, or Mandarin. She's Mandarin and she finally is like, "Your Mandarin is is okay, is good." For well, it's because if you if and you he, so yeah, so the difference so like Mandarin is like the dialect of Chinese that like main, mainland China speaks, and Cantonese is typically what's spoken in Hong Kong, especially at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And he also was speaking Japanese and English and everything except for Mandarin. It was and, or like everything like was just heavily accented, which is something that like you probably wouldn't be able to hear as an English speaker. So that's why she's like, oh, your Mandarin is actually not bad because <laughs> uh, he just was going through all of these things. Like, OK, like I'll go through all these languages yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> then he say, didn't he, sorry, Brandon, you go. No, 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 just, just it's obviously like, I don't have an ear for it, but if I did have an ear for it, it'd be him hitting each accent pretty perfectly. That's what's happening there. That's why. Uh it, it would be you would be able to tell that it was an accent. It's like it's like I mean, um, seeing the dialects per, like clear yeah. enough that they're very different. Like they, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can understand what they're saying, but it's like, oh, you definitely are not from here. You know, you have an accent. Oh, that way. I Sorry, tell. I was thinking. Yeah, about, yeah. Okay, I was thinking about the other way. Yeah, that makes more um, sense. Didn't he? Didn't the character say he like he grew up in Taiwan? Yeah, which is like uh, the politics of China are like fucking crazy. So yeah. technically, Taiwan is actually quote unquote China. And then mainland China is like the communist overthrow gotcha. government. Okay. And Hong Kong is like its own thing. So there's like all different, but you know, they speak Mandarin and Taiwan. Okay. And then that's why, uh, but that's why we call it, it's Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. It's very Chinese much its cinema. own, its own culture. Got and its it. own, Got it. Its own thing. Um, but yeah, Bridget Lin um, came out of retirement to work on this movie. Uh Wong Kar Wai was like already kind of a, this is the movie that helped blow him up internationally, but he was already like a big wig down there. And I think it's so great because it makes sense for her character to be wearing the wig and the sunglasses and the trench coat. Cause she's like on, she's like got to be hide her identity and she's doing all this illegal shit. Um, but, and we'll get into like later, you know, the backstory of how this movie got made and everything, mm-hmm. but she was already, it was like very much a short time frame. Um, and she was already filming another movie at the same time. Uh, that was like a period piece. Oh. And she and she had to like be in the makeup and, right. and the hairstyle and everything. So instead of like getting out of that every day, she just put on a wig and sunglasses. And like, I'm, I'm gonna That's I'm gonna shoot this amazing. movie. Amazing. And it fits. It fits. It totally fits. Yeah. I mean, we always find ourselves talking about this, I think, with every movie, but at certain points, I mean, there's those beautiful accidents, right? Something that works out way better than it would have because you have to find a solution for a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. which is such a wonderful part of the process. Yeah. I mean, that's something that everybody told us in school was, you know, uh, creativity born out of limitations. Right. Exactly. You know? um, I think it's exactly. Awesome. Oh, man. Um, such, such good scenes. Also, she was very, 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 very intimidating. And then just shot the shit out of that other woman or dude or whatever. At the <laughs> it was, end. Yeah, remember. it was the guy who tried to sell her out. Um, yeah, for like drugs. Shut the shit out of the white guy. It just popped. Just popped. And then she was like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> she left the <laughs> voicemail. Um, that scene is one that I, uh, you know, because I mean, you know, I watched this years ago. Mm-hmm. But that scene of him running in the rain, yeah, um, yeah, is one that's always stuck by me. And then he like is like, "I'm gonna leave my pager, and I'm not gonna think about it." <laughs> and then he goes re- off and he runs back to it uh, to get her message. <laughs> but it was also. The moment before that, when he's in the rain, he just finished running. Yeah. And it's the most real line that he has because 
the other stuff where he's kind of having an internal monologue is very all about the girl and all of that. This seemed like the only moment where it became about him and he just drops the line where he's like, I know nobody's going to call me today. And that's more than just like about her. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it, it just, you know, and, yeah. and just that line like is the line that hit me the hardest in the whole movie with that character. Cause you could mm-hmm. see that it was the first time where it wasn't this almost over the top on purpose defense of feeling heartbroken. This was a totally different innate thing to him. Yeah. And so well, I, for you, me, like, sorry. No, Brandon, you finish. Oh no, it's just for, for me, that was like the, that is what actually showed the character for me, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean the guy, when you talk about a motif of like loss, right. Or grief and like being heartbroken, you know, being dumped. And then like, he spends a whole month just hoping he's going to give it a month and he's going to retire the relationship because he's going to know. And then that's his birthday. So the, the month of expiration date of his relationship is his birthday, which is a really important date to, you know, mm-hmm. to most mm-hmm. people. And so what, the fact that it's raining and the fact that it's all, it just very much imagery image wise, it, it just shows like that it is, it is lonely. And so he has that one connection with, uh, with the woman and the blonde-haired uh, woman, and you know that's that's enough, and he can kind of move, go mm-hmm. on. It's like it's you know when he bumps into Faye at the Midnight Express, you know we don't see him ever again, but it's almost like you know instead of taking that chance with her, he just kind of lets it be, and he goes off in whatever his life or his story, however it finishes, you know. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we we follow Faye, but. But yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot of layers to that moment in terms of not, you know, not being called on your birthday, you know, raining, you're heartbroken, you're lo- you know, you're lonely. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is, you know. And the the way that that all was shot too was just fucking beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, it felt very uh anime-esque in the best possible way. <laughs> <laughs> just with the rain and everything, you know what I mean? The inner monologue, yeah. you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. The narration. Yeah. I love it. I love it's my favorite. I love it so much. That <laughs> style stuff. Um so the second story is tonally I think I don't want to say very different, but it's obviously less like actiony. Uh and it's more about it's it's I I find it to be more overtly humorous. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like hu- like funny shit that happens. Um but it's you- more charming. Yeah, it's out of the two. It's the Mm -hmm. one I prefer. I would never say that the first, I like them both. I think they're both great. But this is like, you know, it's got the more iconic music like that that is associated with this film, Mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got Faye and you've got um, the guy who plays the second cop. His name's Tony Lung. And he's one of the like, I can't even think of of an equivalent. He's like the most famous actor. Like, Is he? Yeah. I'm glad to hear that because he was dope. Um, we'll see him in the West, uh, in next year or two years. Cause he got cast as the Mandarin in the Shang-Chi movie. Um, oh shit. It's that guy. He's okay. like, he's like Dumb. the guy he's like George Clooney and Brad Pitt and like, mm-hmm. uh, and like Daniel day Lewis. He's like the most famous actor from wow. China. That's not Jackie Chan. So like, wow. um, and he's great. I mean, he's amazing. Like everything that he does and says is brilliant. He's, he's one of the best actors, I think, alive. Um, and I really love his his subtlety in this movie. Very, very, very charming, especially like that last scene. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was, I, well, we don't have to jump there yet, but just, just. Oh uh, yeah. The, His totally, reaction to the yeah. shutter opening. Like that's, yeah. you can't manufacture that. That's such authentic, you know what I mean? His right. face, but yeah, we won't jump ahead. Um, but yeah, but the, but, the, the second, yeah, Brandon, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you know, I said, I just, I had mentioned like the first part happening late at night. And then the second part is very much during the day. Mm-hmm. And it's, but I don't it's even still think very, about that. it's very, well, I get this. This is why it's really good to like watch like the 10 minute videos with mm-hmm. the criteria. Cause I do a lot of, great interviews with people that just kind of help influence kind of the, yeah, these people the that have spent their lives studying this shit. <laughs> and like, All right, I'm going to tell you every cool thing about this movie in 10 minutes. And you're like, great, take me on the ride. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> that's why I like it. And like, same thing with like, you know, it, you can even draw parallels to like different shots and things like that from the two of the, the two. But like, you know, it's the theme of like the airplanes of going somewhere of traveling of like, mm-hmm. you know, cause Faye walks around in this like perpetual, she's like a free spirit. You know, oh, she, yeah. she daydreams, she sleepwalks. Well, yeah, she's a know? dreamer. Like her favorite song is California Dream and she right. sings a cover of Dreams by the Cranberries. Like that's very much how she moves through the world. Well, it's 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 interesting because there's, you know, there is that classic pixie dream girl trope or whatever mm-hmm. you call it. What I'm looking for. Is that right? Manic pixie dream girl. Thank you. Yeah. There you and go. this one also breaks and enters into apartments. <laughs> but, that's, but, but even that, this character, and maybe it was more because we were following her for a while before we kind of go into the thing, but it didn't seem like... Um, it didn't seem like the it didn't have anything that would hit the usual criticisms of that character or -hmm. the criticisms we've been seeing recently like the character has her own thoughts her own feelings her own drives you know um, she flip-flops on her feelings at times and then also like you said she's just breaking into dude's apartment so that's a whole other wild thing she's also nuts but it's just it didn't feel like she's a a character that's being used to further the story of the main guy protagonist, which is usually what that character is used for in movies. Yeah. She's not, case, she's not you know? a plot device. She's yeah, like exactly. a she's real her human own being. entity. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and just such an entertaining character. Oh yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the tension that she builds just by being in this guy's apartment and like slowly changing all of his shit around. <laughs> like fucking wild. I, my, my own personal, how I am. I was like, what is she doing? Is she psycho? Like he doesn't even know that she's coming to his apartment. Well, no, but I mean, and like it's, it's, it's less that know. she, I mean, she's like cleaning and she's doing his laundry. Sure. And like, right. But if you, if you came out to your apartment that and like one thing was cleaned, you would freak the fuck out. Like if not, like it's not like she cleaned the whole apartment. She's like, I'm going to switch this cup with your toothbrush in it. And I'm going to put this little picture up and just like little things that you'd be like, is somebody fucking with me? What is he has these moments where he like has relationships with these different objects because mm. I don't, uh, you know, either they represent kind of the, 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 uh, the, the little fling that he had with the, the, the flight attendant yeah. or whatever. And I, and I thought it was interesting because I was like, why is he talking to these stuffed animals and this bar of soap and this rag and things <laughs> I like loved that. It. And when I, when I sit down and think about it, it's like, this is how, he's processing his loneliness. Like, you know, a lot of a, a good theme that comes around is like the crying. Right. So in the first part of the movie, mm. the reason he jogs is because you sweat and you have less water to cry. So you won't cry. It's his, it's his way of like his defense mechanism of like actually feeling that mm-hmm. emotion. Same thing with, with uh six, six, three is the second. Yeah, it's two, cup. two, three and six, six, three, yeah. six, six, three, where, you know, he can't sit, with himself, he has to project that onto 
items that he can have that conversation with and process in his own way. And I thought that was very beautiful, you know, but, but the mind, like, yes, they, it's, it is very tongue in cheek and it is very lighthearted, Ooh, the yeah. mind games, but <laughs> I'm just saying my whole- own personal thing of like, if someone, if I hear someone saying hello from like what I think is my apartment, but I keep looking and it's there. Well, yeah, you know, well, because so, cause she, cause we spend a lot of time with, through her perspective at the Midnight Express. Um, and so this, like this cop that she thinks is really cute or handsome and she starts to like him, he keeps coming in and he says, he's like, no change. Like I'm not somebody who can change right away. It's slow. And I have to like, make sure it's very incremental. So that's like what she's doing. She's like slowly introducing and helping him. Like, cause also you have to remember she has the letter that, that his, that his love left him and, and the keys and how she gets in. But like. She knows that like this is what he's like and he, she knows that he's got his heart broken. So she's like slowly trying to like ease him out of those feelings. And you can see that he it's working. He starts to become like cheerful and like every time they see each other when he's like at when he's eating his food and they like hang out and they talk and yeah. I think it's like it is kind of weird, but it's also like really sweet and yeah. um super sweet up until the point that she floods his apartment. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> And that was real too, by the way, like that the apartments, like, cause like they like flooded the apartment for real. And so the, the units like under in that building under them were like, what the fuck? Like you can't do that. Ruined by apartment. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. There's like tons of like little, that's why I feel like, like it's one of those, it's one of those uh, stories that, you know, these like trailers on YouTube and stuff where they take a movie and they change the music and they're like, they edit the trailer and the scenes as if it was like a horror movie. Yeah, you could make something. this like a horror movie. You could really totally easily. make it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, her being uh, way too stuff, happy, but, like dancing around in his apartment. It's like. But, but, but Caleb, that's a very interesting point because I completely missed that mm-hmm. vehicle of that slow, gradual change. Um, mm-hmm. Because then, yeah, then the point is to be almost unnoticeable until every, like, until it's changed enough to be like, shit like what is this it's even like the canned food and like the mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah he switched she know? switches sardines with what the other thing is like and he's like why the fuck does this taste so bad <laughs> i yeah. think more observant you know and it's it is really cute because it does help him at the end where you build to that reaction of her coming back and even him finding the the boarding pass on the napkin mm. you know or the letter the written the handwritten boarding pass and like one of the most beautiful moments I've ever seen is when she she comes back and she tries to write him another one and you know she asks you know where do you want to go and he's like wherever you want to take me and it's like it's such a ah uh, you know that well like, even he, like yeah it's like two seconds before that um it's it's the line that really brings out everything we were just talking about where he's like uh, she's like what how, when did you start liking this loud ass music and he's like well you give me time I get used to things. And like, yeah. that's that moment, by the way, where I'm like, I'm glad you said that about him being the actor that he is. Cause it was like, that's a real on point 10 out of 10 delivery right there. Yeah. You know, like that is just fucking. Would you say this would be kind work. of parallel to Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper in A Star hey. is Born? Hey, I just want to get another look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah uh no this is way better than but that fucking it's, movie it's, yeah it's it's funny because like Faye as a he character just like me for my songs you don't like the way i look sorry anyway i'm not gonna rip on lady gaga too much but but it is funny because Faye Faye 
Wong is a pop star. That's what you said. That's what like, I brought and, it up. And she, yeah. this was like one of her first movies, and she's so good. Like she's yeah. so charismatic and like the way that she, yeah, she like ducks in and out. She's like hiding in cupboards. And then she like, <laughs> it comes up, like he comes home and she's like, what the fuck are you taking my apartment? She's oh, like, uh, I was, I, I was cleaning that, the goldfish. Like what? That, that's my favorite thing. Every time she runs into him, she just freaks out. Like yeah. full well, deer like, in the headlights. But, you know? how, but how frustrating sometimes is it that like Faye as a character, she's so hard to read. Like as a man, mm-hmm. You know, or as a, you know, you, you're like, maybe she's a little quirky and you're like kind of love, but like the signals, the, when we talk strictly about body language and signals that maybe a woman that maybe you're interested in gives off. So confusing. I would not, well, I would be like, what is your intention? Like, do you want to like hang out? Well, but think about <laughs> it know? from her perspective, right? Like, especially with what we know about her character is somebody who lives in fantasy. It's like, oh, I, I want to mm. go to California with no plan. That's just what I want to do. She's a daydreamer. So like by taking control of like the situation where she has been, she's able to kind of like live the reality in a fantastical way. But as soon as he, he's like conscious of the reality of it and like goes to like, you know, give her a foot massage or like, you know, ask her on a date, it becomes like this thing that maybe is too real. Mm -hmm. And and then it's like, okay, now I got to fucking go. She but there's yeah, obviously a romantic here, yeah. connection there. There's obviously really strong feelings but, on both sides there, which is why it's melancholic. But you know? but then you can see that change when she is a uh, flight attendant at the end and, mm-hmm. and she has a different energy to her. Yeah. It isn't that um, manic pixie energy. She's, she's changed. She knows what she's doing, what she wants to do. Like you mm-hmm. can feel it when she lifts up the thing right away. And she's like, what are you, why are you here? It's just yeah. a, a very different energy of the character, which um, I thought was very well done and profound. Yeah, it's a it's a year that that passes between mm-hmm. that date and or the supposed date, the night that the date was supposed to happen, and when she comes back. And then you think about oh. what that means for him too, because in a year he's completely changed occupations. Yeah, he's like you know he's like in the music and everything. It's like they've had such a profound effect on each other that at the end, I think it's very beautiful that like they sort of end up together. Mm-hmm. You know, in the first yeah. in the first story, it's very much like we had a brief moment of connection and he's like, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life, even if I never see her again. You know what I mean? That she wished me happy birthday. And now in the second story, it there is a sort of indication and implication that they will go on maybe not Ooh. forever, but they're going to have a tangible romance. Well, and, and we also we leave the first story being like, we don't want him to ever see her again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Is that how you felt? <laughs> Yeah, she just shot a dude in the face. Who was trying to set her up to, you know, take the fall for him for the drug smuggling? Right, which is probably why all of that's not going to work out with the kid who's a cop. I'm just saying, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> come off with it. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. No, I just I mean it's like, a very different. It didn't end with that like romantic. Yeah, of I hope that they see each other again. Where this one, like, it ends off where you don't know exactly what's happening. In the second one, but you know that they're going to at least try, which is what. I myself as the audience want to see at the end there, you know? Yeah. They're going to try something and whether or not it works, I think isn't the point. It's the fact that like they've managed to this connection. And, and and like you said, they, she, they've, she's gotten past that pushing away real, the realness and reality of Mm -hmm. things. And he's gotten past, you know, his other shit in the past where there's that one beautiful line where he's taping up the box Mm -hmm. and he goes, um, it's like clearing the runway for a new plane to land. Yeah. 
And it's yeah. just, it was just such a beautiful line. His whole, his whole, the way that he talks about his relationship with the stewardess, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have that really amazing montage of them, like kind of like goofing around and then like running around the apartment with, like, oh. the, and then he runs the plane over her body. Um, it's just so sensual and it's so like honest and, and real. And then it's over and she's like, I gotta go, you know? Um, and it, and it's heartbreaking and it really, and then, you know, Josh, the way that he sort of deals with it by like, you know, fish and stuffed animals and everything bar of soap. Why are you so sad? Like you can't be sad because I'm sad. And it's, it's just this. Why very, are you thinning you know, out so much bar of soap? You have to take care of yourself. And then later he's like, you gained too much weight. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny great. and it's sad all at once. And it's, it's that, you know, it's, he's known for that mix of emotions, that balance of getting it's everything so out there. so clever. That bit is so outrageously clever. Yeah. You know, uh, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, he was just, I, I, I really liked it. By the way, though, I have to go back to something you just said. That scene with the airplane, fantastic. Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen mm-hmm. that scene before. It came after. And I've heard you rip on the exact same scene. And you just replace the plane with some animal cookies and you throw a little, you know, fucking Aerosmith in the background and you got the scene from Armageddon, which I hear you rip on all the time. And it's the exact same same scene. So I don't want to hear that no more. Wait, you don't like the fact the journey of that animal cracker going down to Liv Taylor's like panty line? You don't like that? I know and that you guys I are- don't want to miss a thing. Okay. Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> Are we quite finished, young men? <laughs> Children, boys. Um, so if you guys didn't have anything, like, internally, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff about the movie before yeah, we wrap please, up. Please, yeah, please, please. So, um, so you, you know, like I was saying, Brandon, this is the movie that blew up Wong Kar Wai mm-hmm. internationally, but he was, like, already a really big deal in Hong Kong. Um, he was making this epic film, this, like, called Ashes of Time, and then production halted uh, for like a couple months for various reasons. And so he was like, all right, what should I do? I know I'll get all of the most famous actors and actresses and do this like thing by myself, like on a really low budget and just shoot it. And it took like less than a month to get everybody to do this. They were building the story and script every day. They would, you know, he would write mm-hmm. in the morning, they would shoot in the afternoons or evenings. Um, he borrowed people's apartments, like, you know, like the, the second cop's apartment is the apartment of the cinematographer, um, that again, flooded for real, um, (laughs) that midnight express, uh, snack bar is one that he would go to all the time. And Leo, he grew up in the area. The first story was set, um, very low budget. And I just love that. I love that. It's like a real true artistic expression of like this place that he, you can tell he really loves that he grew up in and just these ideas of romance that he wanted to tackle. And that just, it it's all the way through. You can feel it in the tone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The entirety of it. it. Yeah. It's especially for them to, to be on such a low budget. So, you know, you have to imagine their, their lighting setups for something like that has to be limited at the time too. Oh yeah. The, the tone of it throughout is so remarkably well done. Well, and then like just how quick it was, quickly it was filmed. Going back to all the all the the the, the repetition and the the themes and the motifs that are brought up, mm-hmm. including there was one moment uh, that was brought to my attention about 
the flight at the flight attendant leaving and you see the, like the, that escalator by his apartment in the reflection, mm-hmm. right? Faye has that exact same kind of shot with her going up the escalator, you know, in the second part of the, or like yeah. during her part. And it's just, you know, we talked, uh, every frame of painting, Caleb and I watched mm-hmm. a few videos and we talk about, and they talked about like camera and, and the lenses and like how you, the way you zoom in, the way you can use the frame to tell the same, like a, a added story to right. what you're already saying. And I'm, I think about the idea that, that I don't even see if you consider it a montage, but mm-hmm. when Faye is in the apartment with the rubber gloves and the, the airplane, and she literally spends the whole time just flying that through the apartment <laughs> and in the, like into the fish tank and things like that and yeah. out of the fish tank. And you know, it's it's just focused. I believe more so just on the the plane itself. But it's yeah. like, how do you film that? How does that add to like this kind of the the mood? I guess what Caleb said at the beginning. Beginning. This is a mood atmosphere mood, type it, of movie. You but know, even even to, the, the the focus without having to point to it in dialogue or anything. I mean, like, when we were talking about the scene, the first one where he's at the uh, he's running in the rain and he leaves his pager and he's walking away from the pager when it rings. I mean, the camera doesn't take focus off the pager that entire time. The camera moves a little bit with him, but it stays focused on the pager until he comes back, which is like something we see so often now, but in the way that it was done in that with the tone of it, it's, it you just notice it more mm-hmm. because it's yeah. so purposeful, you know? And the and the genius is, is almost shooting... So, uh, guerrilla style, <laughs> so to speak, like writing in the morning, shooting at night for 23 days while you're on a break and to still have all of these different layers and elements to it. I mean, genius, you know, yeah. like he's a he's raw master. talent and yeah. creativity and ingenuity. Yeah. And just like, you, you think it's like, it, it just imagine being like, I'm going to make this movie for fun on downtime while my big budget studio action movie is getting whatever and being able to call up like, the most famous right. actors and actresses in Hong Kong be like, Hey, do you want to be in this? Hey, Beyonce, do you want to be in this movie? <laughs> like, you know, it's fucking crazy. And everybody's like, yeah, I want to work with you. Cause you're the real deal. Well, you know, not for you, Brandon, you can- it would be Sean Mendes, you know, <laughs> hey, Sean Mendes. Yeah. Hey, Camila uh, Cabello. I don't know how to say her name. Anyway, Justin sorry, Brandon. Bieber's from Toronto. Oh, uh, well, okay. <laughs> um, I like Sean also, better. Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a guy named Drake. No, I haven't. He's the guy who continuously gropes underage girls on stage, right? Jesus. No, wow. that's Akon, I think you're talking about. Oh, it's definitely more than one person, and that's definitely something Drake's done. All right, but moving anyway. on. <laughs> sorry, views from the six. A hey, holla. Anyway, um, something else. Oh, sorry. No, what's your point? I'm sorry. I don't remember now. We got sidetracked. <laughs> sorry. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, another cool thing I really love. So, obviously, if you watch like any of... Quentin Tarantino's movies. He's very, very influenced by Asian cinema, like Japanese, Chinese, Hong Kong, all of it. Um, but he saw this movie and he literally walked into Miramax and wrote, like made a deal where he formed his own releasing distribution company to bring this movie to the West. And wow. he was like, more people have to see this shit. So like the, the, the reason that a lot of people in the West have been exposed to Wong Kar Wai, especially in the nineties where like, you know, have the internet and you right. have to kind of rely on just like studios bringing stuff over from film fucking festivals or whatever. VHSs. Yeah. So he was <laughs> like, no, people are going to fucking watch this movie. Um, and I'm so glad that he did because then we wouldn't yeah. have 
this, you know, I, 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 I think is really fucking great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's especially nowadays, these kind of human stories that just allow empathy and it's important, you know, it's important. Gets people out of their own bubble and their own it's little such world. such a universal, yeah. Um, feel like thing that people go through. Exactly. On a day to day basis, you know. And like, it's no matter so, what language you speak, you yeah. you can relate to these characters and. And it's so easy to divide by you know, politics or countries or all of this, and then like you watch something like that, and people are people are people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, fucking beautiful movie, man. I am glad that you guys uh, came around to it, enjoyed it. I know it's like different, but I found I found it to be really. I just think it's great. I think he's awesome. It was it was really refreshing. I, I mean, and again, I know it's a movie from the '90s, but it's so its own style. It's so it wasn't mm-hmm. trying to be anything else. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like once it, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but once I fell into the groove of the movie, I was like, if this was an eight part series, I'd just leave it on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Well, like it would be great. Because you're just in there with their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I don't I don't have anything else. Um uh unless you guys do. We can rate. I'm good. Uh, I think we're ready. I think we're ready. Yeah, I don't think there was any other, any cool. other things. So. Um so I gave this on my this is like my second watch after many years. Uh I gave it a four point five. I really, really like it a lot. Um there's just, he has another movie that he made a few years after this called in the mood for love, which is an absolute fucking masterpiece. Like it's just so far and away his best movie in my opinion. Oh, it's better like, than this. Okay. Fine. Like in my opinion, I find it to be even more incredible. Um, so the other, I just can't justify Like it's just so but, much better in my opinion. You, but know I, that, I, you know that this is his 4.5. Yeah. This, this is yeah. where this is 4.5 for me. Um, but I, you know, again, everything that we were saying, I think it's beautiful and I'm really glad that you guys gave it a chance. Thank you. Dude. I mean, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to give it a four after the conversation because it, you know, it, now that I'm getting kind of more into the, the actual craft of movie making and uh, the, the appreciative of that aspect of it, I just can't. Yeah. It's so it's well done. Very, very, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a 4.5. I, I was really, I was really impressed. Um, and it's the combination of both, Josh, like what you were saying. I mean, obviously the cinematography was unbelievable. Uh, directing was fantastic. The writing was great. And then there's also, oh, this is what I was going to say before. There's a very clear director at relationships going on there that work amazingly, which again, speaks to all of those people jumping mm-hmm. out of whatever they were doing and doing that for 30 days. Mm-hmm. You can see that he's letting them run in the best possible way. Yeah. You know, and live in the characters. And it, it's just, it seems like it was an amazing process for everybody, you know? And God, what a fucking thing to put out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Wong Kar Wai, everybody. Watch In the Mood for Love. And uh, 2046 is great too. Fallen Angels. Wait, how did his action movie do? Ashes of Time, yeah. It's I mean, it's very famous. It's oh, it's great. also super top. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, no, he's no, he's like um, I mean, he's like one of the people are like no, no, oh, no. You're the I best just didn't know. Ever. I just didn't know if if because there were those issues, with the, you know what I mean? And like, oh no, 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 totally. Like, I, I that came as a even, flop, and this killed it. I'm not even completely sure what <laughs> right. the issue was. It was just like a two month break, and he was like, I want to make this 
masterpiece. Yeah, and, and for, <laughs> for another initiative, they're just like, no, yeah. too great. His other one, can you see? Is it on the Criterion collection? A bunch of them should be. Yeah, I have like I have the Blu-ray for In the Mood for Love, and okay, and I think a bunch of his stuff should be on. Uh, I know Fallen Angels is on the channel at least, and I'm sure the other stuff is too. Cool. So highly recommend. All right. Super dope. So this is my choice. <laughs> yeah, Josh, and what's I almost, the follow And I almost forget, I almost forgot we were, I was doing this. Uh, so I'm going to actually um, request, request, pick uh, the movie Crash <laughs> from oh, 2004. Fuck yes, Josh. Fuck yes. And it's, and it's because it was co-written by Robert uh, Moresco, who's a studio member who did a Q&A Ooh. last Monday. And he talked a lot about ideas in film and the way he writes, you know, he kind of broke down Crash. Um, and it kind of really felt like it was really interesting. He may have a Q&A this next Monday before we record mm. Crash. So if if he does, I will send you guys the links so you guys yeah. can tune in. Please do. Um, and I think it's very, very, very interesting. Uh, so we can maybe it won the Academy Award for Best Screenplay, Screenplay that yeah. year. And so it'd be interesting to talk more about like idea and like what ties characters together and things like that. Um, yeah. cause it does deal with some of these issues. So what a I'm, fucking movie. I'm also Damn. pretty, pretty sure it won best picture. Best picture. I think so as well. I'm and pretty sure uh, it won best picture. Did it? Yeah. Because, yeah. because it has this like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are aware. It has a, it has a reputation of being like, it's like considered one of the worst best picture winners. Oh, interesting. I did um, not, yeah, did not. So, uh, I'm very interested. I haven't seen it. So oh, I just I know either. that that's you the reputation it? it has. No. Um, and we're, so this is the one from 2004. Yes. This yeah. is not the David Cronenberg one from earlier. No, um, it's 2004. Just so no, nobody's confused. This it's is the 2004 on, Paul Haggis. Yeah. Uh, notable for being a fucking Scientology nut. So um, <laughs> it's on HBO Max. Perfect. Hulu, Amazon Prime here in the US. I'm not sure, Brandon. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll find it. I think um, I, mean, I might own it somewhere here. Already. Oh, so I did, get, did it. get Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, Critics Award for Best Acting Ensemble. So yeah, I mean it's all right. Okay, so it's a fucking movie. <laughs> it's a that's a fucking movie. It has man. ludicrous in it. Like, come on. I I mean, I mean I am excited to give it a fair chance, but I just it, it, I'm, it, that's the reputation it has. Yeah, I, <laughs> we'll see. Totally, we'll, we'll see. Is uh, there's a lot of good a lot of good acting going on it? I've I've heard, and again, we'll talk more about this. I've heard the common complaint seems to be that it is very like. Uh, blunt and on the nose and is like not subtle at it's all. Also, it is also, it's also very give me an Academy Award. Yeah. It yeah. seems Which like it's very fair. like, but they, but they, they want it. So I feel like then it worked, right? Well, because like, you know, <laughs> Hollywood is like to pat themselves on the back, yeah, you know, I for mean, being we, like, we did know you know racism Award. is bad? <laughs> like, that's what it seems like the movie I mean, that's is. That's one of the six stories for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, Maybe again, two of we'll the see. Stories. I, I'm I'm gonna go into it with an open mind, but I just that I just yeah. you know, a lot of people fucking think this movie's dumb, but we'll see. Like like I said, it was it was brought up because of the the Q and A with the yeah. co writer of it. So I'm just I'm not saying it's you at all. I'm just saying like I, it's I, know, I know I know I'm just saying I, like I it's mean, like with all this added stuff to it. Like I'm I'm totally excited. Like I don't mean to to keep bringing them the best worst or the worst like no no no, 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 no falls no. into this I know category. maybe maybe I'll disagree I don't know there's gonna saying. be a lot to talk about because I mean oh. there's a, a lot of great acting it's you know a split up story so even story wise it's not yeah, you, you got know, Matt uh, Dillon um, yeah Matt Dillon sure. and I cannot remember Sandra that Bullock name. she's in everything is it Tandy Newton yes I know she's in the movie too yeah 
Yeah, that's Andy Newton, up. Don Cheadle. Is it, uh, is it Jessica Chastain or Christina Hendricks? Do that. Do that. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. All right, guys. Yeah, so um, great. Thanks for that yeah. was uh, Three Affairs podcast on Chunking Express. Yes, sir. Please, please, please check it out. Also, if you haven't done so already, we have um, our latest episode is up. You know, Borat, subsequent movie film, and Ghostbusters. Yagashamash, Wawawiwa. Wawawiwa. Which, by the way, quick retcon, if anybody uh, listened to that last episode, they are, in fact, speaking Hebrew. Caleb brought that to our attention. Uh, I'm yes. a moron. Uh, that's <laughs> not my fault. I did my bar mitzvah in phonetics. That's why. So don't blame me. <laughs> okay. I know. I, I did think it was funny because you were the Hilarious. one who was like, what language is it? And you're like the one that should know out of the three of <laughs> Um, but really it's all good it's all it's all good so we have that episode coming up we have or coming up the, that episode is out um, this one will be out next week and uh, we have great guests coming up too in the next couple of months we're excited about so mm-hmm. please 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 keep tuned share tell people about it subscribe um, we're on YouTube and all the major podcast channels um, we're on social media all of our handles are on online our Instagram at Number three, M affairs. Yeah, thirty-three percent of us are on Letterbox. A message, uh, message came about Letterbox. Almost sixty-six percent of us will be on Letterbox by next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, uh, we love talking about this stuff. So, all right, uh, bye, guys. Stay safe, everybody. Um, we don't know what's about to happen, but yeah. uh, I do agree, Brandon. We're all people and. We have to find a way to, to make it work mm. with with uh, love and compassion. Have a, a good weekend. <laughs> have a good weekend. Till next time, guys. Bye. Bye.